Hi everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Forest Spirituality with me, Julie Brett. Um, we talk about all sorts of things on this podcast. If you haven't listened before, um, I just like to catch up with people that I am friends with who are living interesting lives. And um, though my original idea for this podcast was maybe to have it more about jewellery, um, it's turned out that I'm really loving doing interviews with people about the journeys and the interesting things that they're doing. So it's become quite diverse. I hope you've been enjoying them, um, if you have been listening to a few. Um, today I've got my friends Amanda and Cassie um, who are just passing through and visited and I thought we would just press record and see what we ended up talking about. Sorry, I've got a cold. Um, but, uh, yeah, we ended up just having a chat about um, the life they've been living up in the Northern Territory, living on an Indigenous community and um, the projects they've been working on and the the issues that come up and um, what what it's like um, when the, the challenges and the the history of the community and uh, we get into all sorts of things. Amanda has a, a similar background with me um, in being interested in druidry and um, <clears throat> so we, we talk a little bit about that journey and, and how that's been a part of her experience up there and what the difficulties have been like um, for herself. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting chat. Um, I think we'll talk to Amanda again in the future sometime and, and hear what um, what the journey's like a little bit later on. So she's only been there for a few months and, um, well, for quite a few months. Um, but yeah, she's going to be there for another year or so. So we'll, we'll hear a little bit more about it later. I hope you really enjoy it. Um, I just wanted to say in other news, if you're catching this one today, tonight I'm going to be having a, a sale on my um, Forest Spirit Jewellery Facebook page. If you want to check that out, I've got lots of new stuff coming up um, that's all been inspired or most, most of them have been made um, up here in the mountains where I've just moved to. Um, I'm living in Katoomba now and um, <clears throat> yeah, just sort of feeling a different energy shift into this new place and um, yeah, so you can kind of see, see what that maybe looks like. Uh, yeah, I'd love you to come along if uh, you shoot me um, in your personal message the uh, code word podcast um, you'll get a free gift too so just for my podcast listeners so yeah um, and you can actually use that on my website as well there's a coupon code for the next week and you'll still get a, a free gift um, yeah so just enter it in where it says coupon code or something like that on the website or let me know with a message if you decide that you would like to buy something tonight and I'll send you a free gift um, yeah I hope you enjoy this interview and uh, yeah, I'll send it over to you now. Hi everyone, I'm here today with my friend Amanda. Um, we have a shared, shared interest in Druidry and um, she's been living up in the Northern Territory with an Indigenous community for a while and we just thought we'd talk about, what, experiencing the land in different places, I guess. And, yeah. Um, but also, I don't know, just see where our conversation goes, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, do you want to paint a picture for us of what it's like up there a little bit? That is always going to be one of the toughest questions. Um, and I think every, <coughs> every time I'm asked that question, 
I'm delving deeper into what it is to describe how it is living up there. Mm. From a land's perspective, it's tough. It's tough and it's a rough environment and it's very hot and it's heavy. Um, and you see that toughness come out in the people, the local people, um, in the emotions. Yeah. Um, and in the, like the land is just so, um, Harsh? Yeah, no. Um, res like resilient. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like the land is incredibly mm. resilient. Especially when it comes to the wet and dry. So um, you really notice that the um, the trees really hold hold that water through their resilience because they know it's not going to rain for six months. But yeah, it, yeah all, the, all the gum trees are, are very sturdy and they're very tall, but they're very thin. Okay. Um, are there many plants up there that you recognise? Uh, not, not many. I mean, there's, there's the local plants, but then um, the only plants that I know of are plants that local people have pointed out that they use. Other uh, plants yeah. that have no use, don't have a name. Yeah. And obviously they would have a scientific name mm -hmm. um, for people that have done studies. Mm -hmm. um, but it all depends on the use. And obviously they'd have a use in the, mm -hmm. the ecosystem. They don't have that modernist sense of urgency that we must name and categorise everything and put it in an encyclopedia. Exactly. Of, or Wikipedia, even, yeah. of, of knowledge. It's just like a weird mm. thing about our culture, I guess. Yeah, and I feel like the nature itself doesn't feel at risk. Like it's very, yeah. it feels very relaxed, although it's resilient. It's like, it's 30 degrees most of the time. Mm. You know, the animals are aware of that. Um, they don't have to go into hibernation and yeah. it's quite relaxed feel of, yeah. of it, the, the land's always going to look after you with food. Yeah, um, yeah interesting. Yeah. So um, what, do you want to talk about your work at all or is there anything, I mean... Yeah, um, so I work, I work for a project called Strong, Strong Communities for Children mm -hmm. and we <coughs> are funded by um, the federal government um, and it was started by a group called Ninty One, which is in Alice Springs. Okay. And they have funded for 10 communities around um, remote communities um, for this project. Um, we look at programs that are about growing kids up strong through um, like family connections, good strong family connections, good health, mm. um, good culture, and also walking Western Way. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of trying to find the balance between that. Okay. Um, and we work with a local committee um, that help us create programs that are user-specific for them. What do you mean by that? User-specific so, programs? So rather than um, uh, coordinating a program without um, consulting with local people, yeah, and then implementing something oh, that you right. think so that making, they would need. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, so they're making something that really suits the people that yeah. it's for because they've they've coordinated it with them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Which, we're always in the yeah, process of coordinating you, the delivery so services. Yeah. What kind of problems? Like, why why do they do it that way? And what sort of, you know, like yeah. so, I guess what the the family connections 
um, in Wadair. So I work in a community called Wadair, yeah. um, south of the Northern Territory. They function, the households function so much differently. Yeah. Um, and they need, the programs need to be um, coordinated differently to suit how they live. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, otherwise but I mean, like, in, in what sort of sense is it different? Like, just, like, because I reckon right. a lot of people listening to this, like, I've got people listening to this that are from mm. other countries yeah. that don't understand the, the differences between Western and Indigenous culture. Like, mm. what is it specifically about the culture that 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 needs to be treated yeah. specifically like that? That, you know, because um, I think you were saying yesterday that sometimes people come in and they... They think, oh, this is how we're going to fix it. And mm. It's like, oh, you can't have that yeah. that blanket attitude that one system, like maybe if it worked in some communities yeah. somewhere else, is going to necessarily work everywhere mm. and that you have to make it more. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I don't know maybe. No, no, it's, it's um, <coughs> so some of the, the way that some of the families work. Um, so um, they have got like poison brothers and sisters. So what does that mean? So, um, when uh, siblings of different sex, so a fem uh, male and female, yeah. when they reach puberty, yeah. they can no longer say each other's names, yeah, and they right. can no longer speak to each other, or really be in the same room as each other, or face each other, yeah. if they are in the same room as each other. Um, and that's through taboo, yeah. um, and making sure that... They keep kinship strong and that they don't sleep with the yeah, with their yeah. siblings or yeah. sleep with people that are related to them yeah. in such a small community. Yeah. Um, and, and so how does that relate to like the program creation? Yeah, so we have to make sure that when we when we do like a leader like a leadership program, for instance, that we've got for the youth, yeah. we have to have female group and a male group. They yeah. can't do it together. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you'll otherwise you'll have siblings in the room and they won't be able to interact with each other and they won't be able to do group activities. Yeah. Um, there are some aspects and they can come together. Yeah. Um, through ceremony and, and things like that. Um, but it is really men's business and women's business and they don't. Yeah. Right. They don't mix with that. And is that something that happens in most indigenous communities or is it that something specific to um, the area that you're in? Well, the the not saying each other's name is very specific. Yeah. Um. But the men's space and women's space, especially with ceremony, um, is not uh, is is in quite a lot of communities. Oh, okay. So take Walpuri, for instance, um, down at Yindamu. Um, they've got very clear areas where women have space and men do not go. Yeah. And then they have places where men do ceremony and women yeah. do not go there mm -hmm. at any time of the year. Um, but they, yeah. they, yeah, they're not as strict with names and things. They're very strict with, with, mm. um, like right skin. So you make sure that you marry someone with the right skin, um, the right family so that. Yeah. And we're talking about, um, like the, your totemic group when we say skin. Yes. Just to clarify. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, not. Yeah. Yes. So not different colours yeah. of skin. They call it a skin. Group. They call it a, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totemic and like a. What what are the names bloodline. of the totems up up there that they have? Do you know the what names. they are? Like are they animal based mm. ones? There's Do animal you know based, they but are? so oh gosh, you get everything from eagle. Yeah. Like, oh, there's lots of like how many different ones would there yeah. be? There's 
It depends on the like the land up there with all the animals. Yeah, and you're working with what three different communities that are all in the same area, that have been brought together in the same area. The three right? three different ceremony groups that have oh, been brought okay. to the same area. They yeah. obviously there are still people that live out on their country. Yeah, but it, the, the a lot of the outstations have been closed. Mm. Um, just through funding and also through resources, getting resources out there, getting teachers out there. Yeah, right. Um, getting... So they just centralised it. Well, yeah, because the clinic's yeah. in Water. Yeah. So a lot of people like come to the clinic. Yeah. There's the shop. Um, so even if you do live out on country, you have to come back into Water. Yeah. But Water is um, is on Cardu Diminen country. Okay. And. Um, <coughs> Um, and obviously not, not everyone that lives in Water is Cardu Diminen. There's only, um, yeah, it's eight families. Yeah, eight families. Yeah. Um, and the rest are from the countries around. Okay. Um, there are, um, like there's Manthropay, which is probably about three kilometres out of Water. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's... Um, Nilan, which is about a kilometre. Okay. So there are little... And they all they all feel like very separate groups, do they? Why? And yeah, they don't interact with each other. Yeah. Like the family, so the families live in an area and they have trouble... Oh, well, it's not really have trouble, it's just they don't like to interact with, yeah, with right. other family groups. Because they're trying to keep that sense of country, that's outside of country. That's is, that, is that what's going on? Yeah, I, I guess that's a way... Of of putting it. Um, oh, I want to yeah. go back as well because we were just talking about like the skin groups, the totem, yeah. and, and like how many would there be from each group? Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. And, so and I'm, also, I'm also really fascinated yeah. to ask what I'm kind of leading to here is like, I'm wondering if you notice anything about. Like, like thinking about it from a druidry perspective. Yeah, definitely. You know how we, I mean, I know it's a completely different system and to yeah. compare them is almost um, ridiculous. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, there's a, a sense of those people that have a different animal, like, say there's an eagle person, mm -hmm. do they have an eagle kind of presence? Okay. I'm really, yeah. yeah okay, so really each, so there's different clans. So there's, yeah. obviously, depending on, so on, um, you've got different, different countries that you come from yeah and within that you pro you have about four different totems that come from that from each country from each country yeah. some of them are the same yeah you know uh, multiple countries have really similar totems mm -hmm. um, but totems are everything from an eagle to a rainbow yeah okay okay so um, yeah that's because I know yeah. that I mean we, we studied at uni that yeah. they, like they're not just good things mm. They're things that need to be managed. They're things mm -hmm. that are in the environment that need to be... So rainbow would be about rain, I guess. Yeah. Something or, like, or, or making the sure the rain comes or You need or to... But your responsibilities there was, and your connections yeah, with nature. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. even one that was for diarrhoea oh. and one that was for mosquitoes. And, you know, they, they have... Yeah. They're not necessarily mm. positive. So, yeah. yeah, I was just interested in, interested in what well, they would have there. So Yeah, so I... What are ones you've heard of? So Mac Mac, which is eagle, quite a quite a lot of kids have eagle. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, Kumbit, which is kangaroo. Okay. Um, and emu, um, dingo. Mm -hmm. um, 
all I can really think of right now. Sure. Um, is, it, is there a sense for those people of being that animal in some sense or is it more that they have a responsibility to that animal? I think it's a bit of both. Okay. I think especially seeing kids, I mean, the, the kids themselves um, are so connected with the land in the sense of how they move. Mm -hmm. um, like watching them fish and watching, just watching them play. Yeah. Um, watching them interact with each other um, and their motor skills are incredible. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they dance like and like animals like yeah, when you the, I remember like taking a photo of them on the beach kind of. they just they look like they're in a pose of like a water bird yeah or, and there's a um, some artists um, have tried to depict this in multiple ways and I can't remember the artist's name um, that I saw specifically um, but yeah, it's so true. Like they just move so elegantly. Yeah. Um, you never see children trip over. Yeah. Right. Um, and you never see children be very messy with food. Okay. Um, they. They have that interaction with the physical world. Yeah. Down pat. Yeah. From such a young age. Really body conscious. Yes. Yeah. Um. And it is really beautiful to see. And if you and if you associate that with their totems. Um, they have that connection, but I, um, just living there, I see it very much more as a responsibility of that animal, a yeah. responsibility of that dreaming. Mm. Um, Rather than an embodiment, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, but I think a, a lot of that is, um, there's, there's kids that... Do, how do they talk about their totems? Sorry, I just butted in. They, they see it as a, it's the, they, they're aware of it as a connection. Okay. Um, what does that mean to them, though? So, uh, their understanding of place. Okay. So, if you don't know who your totem is, you don't know who your country. Like, if you because the totems are related to yeah. sacred sites or just areas of land. Are, areas of areas of land, but also your connection with the <clears throat> with the living experience of that land. So the living, okay. your your living presence amongst living things. So, a person's totem. Yeah. Oh, we'll just introduce yeah. you. <laughs> this, is, this is Cassie, she's also been living up there and yeah. she's been there a lot longer and, and she's mm -hmm. very knowledgeable about it all too, so. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, just to add that a person's yeah. totem can always be found on their country. Mm -hmm. So it's a, yeah. it's a doubling up of, if, if a person is on country, they should be able to they should be able to, yeah, see. And so if, like, the, if my totem was, was bottle tree, then I'd be able to find that on my country. Yeah. Mm. Um, in examples so, like that. And so, um, say, there were, say there was, like, a decline mm. in the bottle tree, um, <laughs> would that be, what, how would they react to that? Would they do more dances or, or would it be important to, mm. you know, how would their responsibility to that, thing um, relate to the way that they act it would definitely result. be a really big sadness yeah so I'm not I I can't speak to what safeguards could be put in place you've, but so you've never seen anything like that sort of thing no, happen. so I, yeah no but just um, I mean 
just applying my knowledge of the joy that a person has in their totem. You yeah. know, if we're driving mm -hmm. by and the person sees their totem, ah. it's terribly exciting and yeah. you know, mm -hmm. our you know, if a kid sees another kid's totem, they'll be like, Look, there's your totem, have a look out the window, it's what over is, there. What do they what yeah. does it mean to them to see it? I, I think it's just a very exciting thing. Like, I mean, I you always get told if we drive past someone's totem in the car the person will almost always turn to you and be like, look, it's a dingo, that's my totem. Oh, you know, okay, people cool. want to share that information. Yeah. Um, and particularly, like, I think they do, there is a there is a joy in turning to someone who doesn't know and, like, turning to a white fella in the car and being like, hey, look, white fella, this is my totem, you know. Yeah. They're always mm. introducing you to the importance of that relationship. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I, no, I, I don't have any knowledge yet of how, how, ownership and safeguarding and, and looking after uh, comes out if if there was a problem but I can definitely um, I can say with great confidence that there would be a lot of sadness a personal sadness if there was something wrong with an animal that was your totem yeah some, right. something wrong with an ecosystem that was your totem yeah right mm. Mm. so um so how do the dancers like what's the I mean so you've talked a, mm. a bit about the importance of the dancers and, and making that strong community is like encouraging these programs where they can teach each other mm. the dancers and things. So yeah. what, what is the purpose of the dancers then? It, it has to do with the totems and because um, like, I've heard of them called increase ceremonies but then I think it was the, the article that I read that was saying, hang on, hang on, they're not just increased ceremonies because they have things like diarrhea and mosquitoes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about increasing, it's about what maintaining or something mm -hmm. or balance or is, like, do you know, do they talk much about that? Like, what do they, they talk about? They don't talk about, they don't talk about what the dancers mean to them. Okay. Um, there are the three different types of dancers. Mm -hmm. Um, the men, then it's clapsticks. People Sorry? sit down and play clapsticks oh, yeah. while they dance. So both men and sand. women. Men do play yeah. clapsticks. Women clap. Ah, so women okay. dance. Yeah. So okay. we, the, everyone can yeah. keep the rhythm, but I've never seen a woman actually play an instrument. Right, yeah. okay. Um, um, whether or not that's actually the way things have mm. to be or just what yeah. we've just observed. A, yeah. But usually, um, yeah, usually you see the men playing doing the clap sticks, but women will clap either with their hands together or on their thighs um, mm. to keep the rhythm. Do you want to come yeah. and sit down with us and join yeah. us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come and be part of the party. I'll just bring a chair over for you. The dancers have very clear masculine and feminine roles. Mm. So the, the men dance forward. Um, they, they dance with their feet into the sand. Okay. And they dance forward. Um, and the women stand back and hold the dance from the outer circle. And okay. they they dance with their arms. Yeah. Oh, at the yeah. same event? This so this is the, in the, the same roles in the same dance. Oh, in the same okay. dance. Mm. Um, so the women's role is to stand on the outside and hold the space and the men stand mm. in the center and do the dancing. Well, they move to the center and then they move back. So it's oh. like these waves of intensity and the the mm. dance gets but the women more never intense. go in. No, they they don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, in all three oh, of them. That's not that's not no? quite true because you remember Mary, she was being cook, uh, cookumpet. Uh, yeah, but that okay. So <laughs> they have okay. So this is where this is where Western culture comes into play. So 
at a disco. <laughs> no, no, not, no, not at a disco. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, you weren't there. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah, to remind someone of, a, of an event in which they weren't there. Um, no, um, we've had... So I, I work at the school and we have... Uh, uh, we do have the three... So the three dance groups um, will have elders come up to the school so that the children can have culture time. Um, we don't do it often um, uh, or often enough, um, but we had we had a session a few weeks ago, and in that, um, the three the three dance groups all sat sort of around what we could call the oval um, in our own spaces. And as a as a white fella and as a teacher, I just sort of go and sit somewhere and wait until I'm told to do something or you know go and mm. fetch. Um, so this is only what I observe. Um, so, so mm. is this what? So they're teaching them the dances that they would do at the. Uh, was yeah. that a corroboree that you were talking about? Where they they have the. Is that a corroboree? Yeah, sorry. Where they have the the circle around the outside, and then the men go into the middle. Yeah, it's it's um in, um in water it's called thurumputput. Okay. Um, oh, so corroboree is like is, a, an in, um another area's name for it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which has been. It's just, it's been generalised yeah. yeah. mm. to, to for indigenous dancing. Yeah. Um. But in, yeah, in our local area, it's called Thurum Pup Pup. Okay. And um. It's really hard to say, like sitting here and, and, and talking about what culture actually occurs in what air mm. and what you see are two very different things. So just because just because we're white, mm. we there's just such a there's an underlying culture that occurs that oh, we never yeah. see. Yeah. And so I'm not too sure if they do dances on country or they do dances um, in ceremonies in their own accord. Yeah. Um, and keep those traditions going. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that I haven't So you only see the ones across. that your centre is, is part of exactly. organising. But I know that it's not running... Um, children aren't learning the dances mm. and the stories from the elders aren't being passed forward right. and I know there's a lot of sadness about that and, mm. there's, and, and the elderly um, are, are very sad um, that the children aren't listening to them and aren't respecting them um, and there's a lot of especially women there's a lot of women that are coming through that haven't gone through ceremony and they don't know who who they are mm. um, as an indigenous person um, from an elder's perspective. Yeah. And when you walk the streets of Water, there's not celebration of culture. Oh, okay. Um, because you said they're music they're quite and dancing. Catholic. Is that, is that what's what? What do you yeah. think is causing it? Is it more just Westernization and people being more interested in popular culture or is I, it it's i think it's a bit of everything I think yeah it's, just the whole thing it, yeah it's a bit of popular culture being very seductive mm. and phones and yeah you know popular movies and wanting to leave community and and that mm. and that drive and then there's also um there's the church and the the catholic influence of their way being, um, being wrong, like that—that yeah. that, that the old stories what, what and the old medicines, it, like because because obviously they've um, incorporated some parts, mm -hmm. but but what is it that they maybe leave behind? Like, 
Do, you, so, do they ever mention it? I mean, maybe well, it's not something they talk about, but... So, the, the old ways of medicine, so the bush medicines, mm -hmm. um, when the missionaries first came in, um, they were considered evil. Like they were considered witchcraft and, oh, but you know, don't practice these because you know, it's sinful and... What was the medicine? Like smoking and, like... So, um, like, water lilies are used um, for medicines in the body. So they were against medicine? Yeah, natural, the, oh the natural goodness. medicines of... What time, what when was this? Did. This was in the 30s. This, what Nin date exactly? So um, 1938, that's yeah. when the mission started. So yeah. Water is a very uh, unique place within Australia because it, won, it was one of the last places <coughs> to have contact from white people mm. and then to be um, irre irrevocably changed mm. as, as a place. It's all happened within living memory mm. and, you know, it a hundred years hasn't passed since the first white fella mm. stepped onto a Cardu Dimonan country. Yeah. And so what we're seeing here is things that happened maybe 200 years ago in other communities. Mm. It's a much more alive stage of history in that, in like traditions, songs, dances, language that's being lost is being lost right now, mm. but it's not lost. It's not mm. gone yet. People yeah. are still alive. That people are still alive in water who have who remember seeing white fellas for the first time. Yeah, you know, right. Not not growing up or being born in a place where white fellas were just around or where mm. you know mm. uh, brick buildings or the church or stuff like that. That that was that's all very new. Mm. And so it's all in the process still of, of integrating, melding together. And that's quite, quite a painful process. Yeah. Quite, um, you know, things are being, some, some things are lost, but not, not everything. And it's, we have, there is a language, I think, in Australia in which we talk about Aboriginal people um, with the best of intentions, but there, there's, there's a language and a vocabulary around a lot of those traditions being in the past and, mm. and being things that have lost or gone or been mm. stolen um, and that's the case in many places and it, it's a unbelievably sad reality but in this part of the remote northern territory it's so difficult to get to mm. and it's so isolated physically from uh, from Darwin that it's all quite recent it's all happening now yeah. um, mm. and it it's it's happening in a way that that's happened all over Australia, but in other places happened a longer time ago. So, so if they were only just starting to come in the thirties, mm. um, when did like the missionary, like really kick off? Like, if did they just go missionary in the thirties, or did they kind of slowly? No, so it was it was a missionary f from the moment they arrived right to the beginning. But what makes what are very unique is that people fought to be on that. Missionary. Yeah, right. They they mm. fought tribes. They fought each other to, to be on space to get there. space to be yeah. on that land because word spread that white people were here. And yeah. it was desirable. And it was desirable because they had flour, they had sugar, they you know they they had resources. Yeah. Um, and they had knowledge that they'd never come across before. Yeah. Um, and they killed each other over it. Wow. Um. So kids weren't taken off their country 
you know, they weren't. So people. So what? What's people's attitude about the? So our kids weren't taken off their country, so they didn't have a stolen generation. No. Oh. Okay. No. no. They fought to be there. Good. That's yeah. cool. So um, obviously they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, well, what's their attitude towards it now? Like, I mean, it's been a long time. How do they feel about those days at the beginning? Like, what's the the perspective on that now? Do, does anyone talk about it as a, a good time or a bad time or just a time of change? Or The local people that I work with, um, there's, there's diverse yeah, emotions. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So... Um, we were talking to, um, uh, we were talking to an elder um, of a particular country in a particular language at the shops one day. Yeah. And we were saying, oh, you know, we're looking to create this program for you guys so that you can teach your kids that language. You know, we'll we'll pay you not for culture but to educate your kids. Yeah. So that continues. Um, and he got very emotional about um, that it was being lost. Like yeah. in, but like as like as Cassie was saying, it's in the process of being lost, yeah. and that's where the emotion and the anger comes from. Yeah, it's not something that is in the past. Yeah, um, and a lot of yeah, we're we're seeing especially in in that situation like a lot of um, frustration. Um, so so the there's like people. regret then. Like, do they feel like that decision to like for their ancestors or you know this the times before when people did make that move towards the missionary I'm just trying to work yeah, out how they feel about I, that now I don't think majority of people go to church yeah and they want their kids to to have their first communion and they they see that as a positive they do yeah um and when you go out on country they will pray to Jesus but they will also call to their ancestors mm. when it comes to getting food and fish Mm. And do they have um like and like Bayame or the Rainbow Serpent or any anything else? What they, was their main deity kind of idea, or did they not really just ancestors and totems and yeah, it, it, yeah. it's all it's all dreaming. Yeah, but then it like um I really can't speak. Yeah, it's much hard. For yeah, it. of it course. Is, yeah, cause yeah, it's, there's it's, language barriers and yeah. it's hard, and also just because. Yeah, there's cultural barriers mm, that of I just I, that of of knowledge that I am not allowed to know. Yeah, and the respect around uh, the confidentiality of mm. of their rituals and their ceremonies. Yeah, of course. Um, but a lot of okay, so um, we have one lady in our um, she's really funny. We have one lady in our committee. Uh, her name's Concepta, and she's she was living in Water, and now she's decided to live out in Woolapilly which is her country mm -hmm. um, and just to cause she she wasn't liking the emotions and the violence and everything that was going on in, in what air yeah although we haven't had a fight for ages um, in what air mostly because of the football like when you can have constructive competition yeah it allows a sort of a release the, of the, the aggression, release of aggression yeah, yeah. which has been fantastic yeah right. um, yeah AFL and T are doing an amazing job um, but there are obviously some, there's a lot of frustration and a lot of jealousy and, and stuff like that. So um, just being in a city. And so she's gone out and we had a really good conversation one day and Concepta are saying, oh, like there's just so much um, 
there's so much ceremony, like the baby ceremony, because she's um, a trained midwife. So much ceremony that has been, that is not being done anymore, and yeah, um, it's such a it's such a shame and it's such a sadness. Mm. And she was saying there's such brainwashing of people and her friends. And um, when she was younger, when she was in her twenties, she said that um, she had a friend, Margaret, and herself, and they were best friends and they were going to stick together and they were going to. Um, talk to the elders and get knowledge from them and continue their culture. Awesome. But Margaret turned her back and went to the church yeah, right. and, concept and turned her back on the elders. Right. And Concepta was very angry about that, that oh, she would so do they that see to her it, culture. They see it as a either-or kind of thing sometimes? Yeah, or, yeah. I, I guess in that case, yes. Like where do your loyalties lie kind of yeah. question. It's, yeah. um, and I can see where Concepta got really upset. Yeah. Um, I was like, how could you do this to, you know, your yeah. your elders and your culture and your family and and to know who you are. Was she at the same time going to to, to the church and everything as well? Uh, she um, was, and yeah, and yeah. So for her, was. it was like more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but it's really, it's taking me a long time. It takes a long time to, um, get people get local people to to open up to you there's there's levels of trust mm. they need to they need to really trust you yeah um and I, I i adore that that takes time yeah like that um yeah that they really need to see how you act and that um how you communicate and interact with each other and other people mm. um and so when it comes to services that come in for and that, that try and do a course with the community and talk to the local people for a week, like um, like health workers, for instance, and talking yeah. about um, like sexual health. Um, yeah, they're not going to talk they're not about gonna, that. Yeah. They're, they're, the, the, the local people will not have that connection or trust you yeah. um, to talk about those things. Mm. There's so much shame, like, yeah. unless they know who you are. And yeah. they've had they have a connection with you, and that's why living there is so important mm. for anyone that wants to do work there. Um, it's hard. You can't just fly no. in and fly out and not have connections. No. Yeah. Um, but it occurs all, yeah. all the time, and we, oh, we out of necessity probably because of funding and all sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard. That's really hard to see that nothing seems to develop in that sense of, of, mm. of uh, you know, education around those areas, especially um, like mental and physical health and, yeah. um, and sexual health and because um, it's just not going to, it's going about it in a way, um, it's yeah. too temporary. It's too temporary. Yeah. Oh, they can, that speaks to a huge continuance of paternalism. You know, it, it doesn't, as, as a culture, um, non-Aboriginal people still have not internalised that the, the we know best. Mm. Oh, um, right, yeah. Just, oh, I, mean, I mean to say, sorry, um, just they, they, phrase that the opposite mm. of what I meant. Um, people, are, non-Aboriginal people have still internalised that we know best yeah. mentality. Mm. 
that you know that you can get off the plane walk around town and or, or even talk to a few um, a few other services a few other white fellas and then think you know what what services are needed and what's mm. to be done yeah um, because people people in community have a have all sorts of wonderful ideas they know best what's mm. to be done in, and what problems need to be solved and, mm. and you know yeah and their list of priorities will be completely different to someone from Sydney exactly yeah. what and needs to be done next what's best yeah. for their children and what's yeah. best for their family mm. um, yeah a lot of it is exa exactly this we know best attitude a lot of it's not listened to and yeah um, we the 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 project that I work for, um, I, I'm really enjoying it because we are trying our best to get to what they want for themselves to develop. Mm. Like, they know what is best for their children, yeah. and so we're helping to try and give them that. Yeah. And um, I wish that more yeah. communities were like that. Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, and many are. Someone came yeah, and asked me, many, what do I need? Many, <laughs> well. many are. Like, no, I mean all communities. Yeah, yeah. so Walpuri in particular and Yundamu, um, Yundamu specifically, yeah. they've got a local media, mediation and justice committee. Mm -hmm. So they found that they had a lot of violence, a lot of, a lot of kids were sniffing and alcohol and mm. problems, and jealousy amongst families. Okay. Um, over, so, over marriage. Over relationships, or, or, yeah, or yeah, just all sorts of things. All sorts of things. Um, do, oh, yeah. Do you want to explain? You were saying to me last night that there were these three concepts of shame, jealousy, yeah. and strength, and yeah. that they're the most. I don't know. Do you want to just yeah. mention that a little bit in passing? Yeah, um, I can talk about it in, in the example of um, of what this committee do. It's okay. a perfect example of that. So. Um, if you have two, two girls who are fighting over the same guy, mm -hmm. there's jealousy, yeah. there's shame, yeah. um, because one doesn't feel that they deserve the other and then they get jealous about it mm -hmm. and then they don't feel like they're strong enough or, you know, the guy that they're after, you know, why is, why is he desirable? Mm -hmm. um, but then it doesn't just become about those two girls. It then becomes a family dispute. Um, between families, and then they get into fights, yeah, right. and then, then their tribe learns about it, and then they start to fight with each other, and then it becomes like a, ma and then everyone's on the street, and it becomes a massive violent, wow, riot or over over, over, over marriage rights, over yeah. a very simple, well, what was yeah. a very simple dispute, yeah. So what this committee do is they go in and get it. Is it the marriage rights or is it just like, do they, do they, no, it's are just they very strict about um, like marriage things? Because I know the kinship thing is pretty strict. Is yeah. that strict as well for like, like boyfriends and girlfriends and yeah, it's, it's are they strict. expected if, like you don't have relationships until you've chosen a partner and, or, or no, are they kind of more like us and you just, you know. It's very strict in the sense of you don't have relationships with, with um, a family or. Yeah, but um, you can have a boyfriend and, or, and maybe break up and be with somebody else yeah. for a while and then. Or, or is it, you know, you like you can more strict. Um, like, yes, young people do sleep around. Yeah. You know, like they 
All right, so they're not they're not like hardline about like you must marry. No, of. but the but the elderly like the the elders of the community are very frustrated. Yeah. About the behaviours oh, okay. of the youth. Yeah. But I guess that. It's a westernisation. It's such a we thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that scene in any culture way. really um, of the the youth being mm. disruptive yeah, and yeah. Um, you know um, dangerous for the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's always the, always, gonna, always the way. Yeah. yeah. Always, they take risks and they're emotional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this committee it gets to the core of that and then sorts it out between the two girls before it then becomes a community dispute. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to do the same thing in our community with the local community that I, ha that, that I work with. Yeah. Um, so, um, like, it's an awful lot to think about. And, um, you know, so many different things that you have to deal with and try and understand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I was wondering, like, because I wanted to talk a bit about Druidry and yeah. how that's been going for you up there. And, and um, I don't, did we, did we sort of tie off that last conversation? I kind of lost where we were going. No, I think it's um, just such a complex. Yeah, it's like, oh, hang on, explain that part, and then, no, what, what, what are you talking about there? Explain that bit. So, yeah, I don't know if I kind of lost you. Gosh, it's just um, such a complex problem. Yeah. And, yeah, so many facets and so, so much There's so much on. to do with it. Yeah. And then there's just things that I really struggle, I'm finding I'm not tying my sentences because I'm, I'm struggling to describe yeah. aspects of stuff that I will never really get my head around. Yeah. Um, as much as I'm trying. Yeah. Um... Like they're when when a person dies, mm. they have they print shirts mm -hmm. of that person's totem, oh. and and they have a, the ceremony at the church, and then they um, wow they parade down the the main street. Yeah, what Um, that happens around when they die, but two years after that person dies. Yeah. They get all the belongings from that person and they do a ceremony at their house and they slowly push those belongings through dance into the ground. Wow. Um, like they just walk on top of it. They walk on top of it until it goes oh into the ground gosh. and it can go all night. Wow. And that's that, those kind of ceremonies are the things that white people never see. Yeah. Like that's, that's the things that no one talks about that... Yeah, because it would be taboo to talk about, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and we don't go to them, yeah. and and rightly so. Yeah. Um, but if I did ever get um, invited to one, it would be the biggest honour yeah. that I could ever have put upon me. Yeah. Um, but even just local people um, opening up to me about their feelings about mm. um, the how culture is being lost or their relationship with the church. Mm. And their relationship with themselves and their and their totems um, is always going to be an incredible honour. Yeah. Um, Do you find it difficult to like? It sounds like a lot of what you're learning is by observation and kind of yeah. these bits that you're doing through work. Like, does it feel like you sort of got the whole thing at arm's length? Always. Like, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. My job involves getting to know people and the community and, and connections so that I can help them make programs for themselves and be self-sustainable so I no longer have to be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. that they can do my job. They can... So you're up. almost trying to work towards your 
not being necessary. So Ex exactly. You're working towards yeah. a closer connection with it. Oh gosh, that must be hard. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of a lot of white fellows don't see it that way. Yeah. It's, they see it as a, a very big money making industry, and mm -hmm. it is. The indigenous industry is incredible. What do they make money out of? The so the like you have people that have to um, write up contracts uh, to then ask for funding. Right. Um, all that stuff. None. No local people are being trained in that. Yeah. So right. that it keeps that restriction between. Mm. This this is a job only white people can do, kind of thing. And they, gosh, like the, the people that I work with, they have the capacity to do so, and we're tr trying to train them to do it. Yeah. And um, but it it's always trying to keep them dependent. Ah, that's awful. Yeah. Well, us and them kind of. And the same with the shop and the weirdness. necessities of, of, you know, money. You know, you now need a job so that you can pay for food mm. to feed your children. When you're living in a house that we provided for you and you can't live back on your country and you can't feed yourself through that. Oh gosh. Mm. So it's this... Hectic. <clears throat> um, but they don't use houses the same way. Yeah. And no one asks them... How, you know, you how, want, how, how, how would a house work well for you? Exactly, yeah. when they built them. <laughs> and so they've got one bathroom and... Did they have housing like um, a native style of housing, like I know some indigenous people did make houses, like often like temporary structure type things, and yeah, they still have they have they have mud structures, oh, okay. and I know this because we one of the programs are doing the early childhood development program that we're so fairly uh, substantial a mud structure. Yeah, it's a mud yeah. structure that with, that withstands. Well, because it's wet, and wet dry. as well, and you'd need something, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, is it is it very flat there, or are, the, or are there hills? There's a few hills, but. It's, so it's not a cave kind of place. No, 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 no. It's marshland. Yeah, mostly like, very flat, very wet. Around where I was before in the northern beaches, I can't imagine anyone would much build houses around there because there's just so many caves. Mm. Really nice, big, open ones. Yeah, so. there's oh, there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of trees. Yeah. Um, but it's very, yeah, it's very wet, and during wet season, um, it's monsoon and cyclones and. Mm. Um, yeah, always rains at three o'clock. Yeah, right. Very humid. Um, so you have to, yeah, you have to protect yourself from, from the elements during the wet season. Yeah. Um, but you don't necessarily have to move, though. Like, mm. yes, it gets, places get flooded, so you can't move between places and the road gets closed. Um, but you still have food and, and yeah. access to that. Um, but I... I guess I've been really hesitant about talking about my connection with Jura during my connection oh, okay. with working in an Aboriginal place and I, I always thought it would help my understanding of myself as a I, I don't, as a need, as a I don't need you to be coming no. and saying, I know everything about this place no. from a Jura perspective. I just want to know what it, yeah, what the, yeah. What the difficulty's been like or why, oh. why haven't, hasn't it been happening how you maybe thought it was like yeah whatever's been happening is interesting yeah you know? no in indeed and I was I'm I was um I was really looking forward to sitting down and and and, and talking to you about this um um but my I've really I've really found it hard to connect with the land up there because I'm not mm. used to the seasons. I'm not used to the wet and dry, um, and 
the heat and um, the persistent heat. Yeah. And I'm finding it that it restricts my connection with nature and restricts my practices and I don't mm. do ritual outside, I don't meditate outside, mostly because if you sit on the grass you're being bitten by something or there's mm. something on the ground. Um, um, so, and I, it's, I guess it, it's, I feel it's not hindering my practice because um, I'm very strong in, in who I am, but I've, I'm very much seeing it affect my well-being, um, my daily, my well-being in my daily practice because mm -hmm. I'm unable to have that connection with the natural environment around me. It's, yeah, but like listening to you talk just now, it sounds yeah. like you have an incredible connection yeah. with, uh, the, I, with the environment because I you're do. learning so much yeah. about, about the culture and, and so, about their connections. Like, yeah. I don't know, it just sounds like a totally different way of doing it, but mm. I don't think you're not connecting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good just, point. I think I'm connecting in a way that I was unexpected, yeah. unexpected to me. Yeah. Um, my emotions are coming out very differently. Yeah. I'm finding myself getting a lot short-tempered yeah, up the there, heat, a lot, the heat, um, where I would normally cry, I'm getting angry. Mm. Well, okay. Um, and you have to go at a much slower pace mm. up there. You have to really yeah, think yeah. about because of the heat. Because of the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that I'm noticing comes out, comes out in the... Um, in the the dreaming and the way that the kids interact with the land and mm -hmm. they're very patient you know that people don't answer a question straight away yeah. you know like oh you've asked me a question thank you and I will I'll answer you tomorrow yeah. you know when I think about it you know, yeah. I'm, just taking it all a yeah. little bit slower yeah. yeah out of necessity probably and that there's that you've got to start with the roots you know it's yeah. deep um, and it takes time mm. and healing takes time and mm -hmm. um, I'm when I'm up there I I become very blocked in my flow in my own oh okay um, and my creativity I'm finding doesn't flow as well mm. Um, what do you usually do with your creative work? Because you, you do music and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I do. Or? I'll write music, I'll sing, oh, okay. um, I'll draw, I'll dance. Okay. Um, and I'm finding all those are actually I'm not doing mm. as much. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling like when I'm, I'm not imagining, I'm, I'm not visualising um, as much and okay. creating. Why do you think that is? I think it's because I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's, the land is so different to how I grew up, that mm. the land that I was being creative in and that I played with is not the land that I'm interacting with now, yeah. living up there. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, so I mean, my sense of yeah. wonder, my sense of connection, connection with and the land. play and inspiration yeah. and, mm is 
this for it's in it's very foreign. yeah and yeah. it's being taken away and I didn't this wasn't the land that I grew up and I played where with. did you grow up I grew up, grow, grow up. I grew up. I grew up in Sydney. Where did you grow up? <laughs> um, in West Pennant Hills. Okay. Um, what was it like there? I grew up on reserve, so in the bush. Oh, what? You grew up on a reserve, mm. like an indigenous reserve. No, 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 like a natural reserve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Like um, so, like near a national park or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Um, with. So it's like the, those real tall trees, or was it kind of like? Yeah, tall, um, tall gum trees. Mm. Um, re uh, that you know the four seasons. Yeah, and um, the the uh, coolness of the air and the clearness, but then having the summer and. But understanding, you know, it's it's cold this time of year, and then it gets hot, and then we have autumn and spring, and yeah, um, yeah. Oh, right. So you're yeah, so you're so having trouble with like the constancy of the just yes, or, or the, the the simplicity, I yeah, guess, of the wet and dry. Exactly. Because in 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 winter mm. is a time when I reflect yeah. and when and I go into yeah, myself right. and when I. Um, oh yeah. When oh all my gosh, yeah, your wheel of the year kind of exactly. where am I on the journey of my life? Exactly. And, and we write a whole other story. I was up there for winter solstice, the rebirth of the sun. Yeah. And I didn't feel it. Like oh. I didn't feel that rebirth. Well it's not even it's, there. Yeah. Because you're in the tropics, so it just kinda swings a little bit in the sky, but it's pretty much always the same, isn't it? Yeah. And because of the heat and as you do in summer you are out and about, you're always exerting, you're yeah. active mm. and um, you, you know, you get very tired um, but you, I'm not giving myself time of that reflection yeah. um, or hibernation. Mm. No downtime because it's always like high energy mm. which is probably, yeah, why they always take things real slow. Mm. Gosh. Yeah, it's always around. More constant. It's always in a state of Beltan. Yeah. Mm. Always oh. in a state of fire. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. When you've got the four seasons, you're mm. always like, oh, there's a change, there's a change, mm. there's a change. And, yeah, you can kind of feel yourself moving with the flow of that. But if it's mm. the same all the time mm. or, you know, just wet and dry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That must be – that. I think that's going to be so interesting to explore, though. Mm. But being but in a constant Right state now, of, ooh, yeah, hard. Sorry, being in a constant – No, no. Being in a constant state of fire – yeah. Is very interesting. Yeah. Um, as a water sign myself, like I'm, you know, mm. I'm being fiery all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm finding, yeah, like my emotions are coming out. Like boiled water. In boiled, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a good analogy. <laughs> and there's some days where I just want to punch something. And we do boxing up there, Pacific, like just because we need yeah. to get it out. Like I need... I don't need to sit and cry. Yeah. I need to hit something. Yeah. Um, because it's boiling. It's it's not flowing. Yeah. Um, smoothly, or so there's no excess of water. It's yeah. yeah. You can't you yeah. can't release it because mm. it's yeah. Wow. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I just just to compare experiences like moving here, I found it so dry. Mm. I it's so much area mm. and I'm I'm a very airy person mm. so I, I find being near the ocean and in the warmth and mm. it's quite comforting um but yeah to be here where it's just all air is just like mm. oh, 
I'm so dried out. Mm. And I was drinking water like crazy. Yeah. And just can't. Yeah, there's not enough water here for me. Mm. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's weird getting used to a new environment mm. when when the story of the place that you lived in used to be so solid mm. and um, such a guide for you. Mm. But, like, yeah, it may, really gives me a lot of compassion for these Indigenous communities that have been ripped off their land. Mm. My gosh, yeah, not un not knowing... You know, that, that, what is it, that Heart Sick for Country mm. is a little book that I've yeah. got. It's, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 40,000 years of... Mm, yeah, you know, Doing culture yeah. one way. And Ingrained in your being. And less than 100 years being stripped of yeah. that, or in the process of being stripped of that. Yeah. Is insane. It's like, you know... Yeah. I can't fathom that time that sense of time and how fast or how easy it is to change a culture mm. um, through the developments of, of a different way or technology or influences different Just things. Just having it Just, there. Exactly, the opportunity, you know. Yeah, you don't um, even need to bring it in. People are drawn to something yeah, different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's very seductive mm. um, in its nature. Um, through convenience, yeah, um, the Western way. Yeah, um, it sounds like you're just so you're so in it, aren't you? You're just yeah. like so analyzing everything that's been going on, all this new stuff. I don't think there's space in there for you <laughs> to do druidry. Is there? No. It's so intense. Yeah, so I, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm very dedicated to my practice within myself. Of, Know, my emotions are being aware of that. Yeah. Even if it is something I've never ex like, a place I've never experienced before. Mm. And I'm, I I'm not doing ritual outside, and I'm not calling to the ancestors of the land because, a lot of them are still alive. Yeah. And that for me, I feel is very confronting. Like, mm. calling upon a custodian which, just lives down the road. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know that. Mm. I I feel I feel very like oh no I can't I can't yeah. have ritual on this land. Although all of this is Aboriginal land. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't done any yeah. ritual here yet. I just haven't felt felt right yet. Mm. Starting to get the feeling that I might be ready. And, and the more Indigenous people that I meet from around here, the more comfortable I feel mm. with, with doing it. But I haven't, I haven't felt the sense that, like, you know, go. Mm. Yeah, now's the time. I've just been going out and just listening, I guess. And Yeah, in, indeed. Yeah. And I, I definitely have been listening yeah like, I think that's that's yeah. a lot of it though isn't mm. it like I mean druidry doesn't have to be ceremony no it doesn't have to be sitting down in cross-legged position you know and, and deciding to do a meditation mm. it can literally be being in the land looking at the trees mm. and the plants meeting the people that live there mm. finding the wisdom of that place yeah that's so much more yeah. important I think yeah. than and from an animistic perspective it's finding my place amongst living things. Yeah. Where do I... Yeah, all living things. All living Humans things. Humans included. Exa exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Like, where's, we just where do I the, fit? Where's my place? It's just, it's easy to take the human element for granted mm. when we know it so well mm. in, you know, places similar to where we grew up or mm. whatever. But yeah, you go somewhere different. That's the most mm. important thing, mm. I guess. And I probably, it was only about three weeks ago was the first time that I called to the ancestors of the land. 
up yeah. there. And it was, it was because I was, I took the car out to drop some local people off to do some fishing, mm -hmm. and they asked if I could pick them back up in, in three hours. I was like, yeah. all right. So I drove back home, and then I had to call to the ancestors to get back out there because I had no idea where I was going. Oh, all right. Um, but because I was on a mission to help local people, mm. and also because I've been working there, that I feel for a certain amount of time that I feel I can, I've given enough that I feel like I could call upon that. Mm. And I got there within 15 minutes. Yeah. Like I just, I just knew where to go. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's such magic, there's such magic in the land. Like you lose your wallet and it just turns up in the car mm. or, you know, you lose your keys and they just, they turn up like if you're, if you're working with the land and you're working for the people, the magic affects you. Mm. Um, and everyone, any local people, any, any, sorry, any um, white person that's been there for a significant amount of time would be able to say, oh, yeah, like that's just because of the magic of the land. Mm. They start to get it. Yeah. Um, it is so strong and it, it has such a strong voice. Um, because of those living custodians and and the way that they work with the land. Mm. Do you yeah. work with deities much in your own practice normally? No, no I was I'm going to say, does it feel right there or can you ever feel them? Is that something I've, I don't really work with deities a whole no. lot. I work with Bridget a little mm -hmm. bit in, at Imog mm. and, um, and Lear and Mananan if I'm doing something for the ocean. But um, that's about it for me. Mm. And oh, and like I like the Taliesin story as well, mm. but um, I do. <clears throat> but yeah, I find that uh, like looking at large pantheons of deities, it's just I I can't, I can't feel them here. Yeah, I can't I can't really feel them here. So um, I imagine in a place where it's even more saturated with culture like that, it would be really difficult to. And such a different landscape that that those Celtic ideas would just be completely displaced. Definitely, I I'll always have my sense of wonder and my sense of play and my mm. connection with elves and my connections with yeah. fairies. So, do you feel that that sense there? Like I I feel that they're with me, but I feel that they're not from that land. Right. So it's so they're sort of in your being. Yeah. Yeah. And I my part of my practice is like druidic prayer yeah which is all about like praying to the elements and uh -huh. um calling for peace but and asking it within myself um and i'm fine like i i just I, i'm i've never really worshipped anything as a deity mm -hmm. i grew up going to a christian school but even then i wouldn't see it as a worship connection mm. um more as just an inspiration connection yeah. or, or, or elements of a person that I would spy to. Yeah. Like I look at Jesus as a deity, as an inspiration of like, mm -hmm. that is, that is a man that I aspire to be Yeah, as a sense of morals and values. Yeah. Um, but not as a soul worship. Yeah. Um, no, like the same as I see Bridget. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and God is, and, I mean, for me, the yeah. idea of God in Christianity, uh, uh, specifically and, the um, the Holy Spirit mm, idea of God mm, is Arwen. Mm, it's to mm, me they're mm, almost yeah. the same thing. Mm. But God is like the energy of life, I guess. Mm. 
I don't like to personify deity very much. Mm. Yeah. If it's personified to me, it's more like an archetype. Yeah. Indeed. And then it's, uh, then it's our own, our own creation yeah. as being a human. Yeah. You know, it's not the flow of energy that is within everything. Yeah. 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 It's just an idea in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Or we... something that we recognize like in other, other things mm. that, you know, like if Bridget is, Bridget to me is like the, um, the artist in the, the state of flow. Mm. Um, she represents, um, embodying Arwen mm -hmm. and being creative, mm. which gives you poetry and crafts and, mm. and, and, you know, the hearth. So mm. it's also the cooking and, and all of those sorts of, um, activities. Yeah. But yeah, but it's not. It's, yeah, to me it's like a, a, an archetypal story that we can aspire to be, like similar mm. to Jesus being somebody who was about altruism and, and um, you know, charity and, and not being needy or materialistic mm. and being forgiving and loving. Mm. It's, yeah, they're, they're sort of aspects of humanness that we can aspire to. Indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so back to... Uh, how they relate to the land there. Mm. Um, I think they, they, they'll always play with me. Yeah. They'll always be with me. Um, but as being disconnected from the land, mm. I'm finding that I, um, I'm not interacting as much with those elements of Celtic yeah folklore and how does that feel for you like because obviously you've got you know you've, you've said that you have not mm. much connection yeah. personally with the native stuff but then also you can't connect with your own stuff like from your land yeah. so how so does I'm, that that's got to feel really difficult I'm feeling restricted yeah I'm feeling stuck yeah um and I guess it's making me feel like I'm not getting a connection to the land when I am yeah obviously. but I'm feeling so emotional about my loss of connection with mm. the land that I'm used to playing with yeah, and used to... It's like a weird negotiation, isn't it? Yeah. Energies. I guess, no, you're right. I'm not... I'm definitely connecting with the land mm. in a very... Um, in a very intense way. Mm. Um, I've always thought about it like um, we become spiritual translators. Mm. When we find ourselves in a situation where the the spiritual energy is unfamiliar the only thing that we can do is um listen mm. listen 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 it mm. takes a really long time until you can try to understand it from the other person's perspective mm. and then you can only translate you can never you can never really be them and understand it their way but you can learn to translate i think i don't know that's what that was my experience with um going to church for a little while and trying to understand my mum's way of doing things. Um, yeah, having Christian friends and trying to find a middle ground, I guess. And I, I imagine it would be similar with, um, yeah, the native traditions. Because, like, you can never fully understand it from their perspective because that's not your path. But you can understand it to the point that you can explain it in your own terms. Mm, indeed. I... The, the Catholic influence upsets me, okay. I notice, on a daily basis. Mm. Um, In what way? Even though it's not my culture, 
I see the possibility of that being lost mm. and that it's happened in so many different colonies. Um, Sorry, yeah, of the native tradition mm. being lost, yeah. And that, yeah, because I imagine that would be hard because the, it's like the Catholicism is mm. a barrier for you to that really, really very similar tradition in a lot of ways, that nature connection that between Druidry and the native traditions, mm. but they're sort of like, no, no, we're Christian. Indeed. Yeah. Um, it, oh my gosh, yeah, that must be so hard. Yeah, you summed it up very well. Um, and I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting angry, but yeah. that's because of the fire. And I'm work. I'm, my my interaction with fire through my meditation. Um, I'm having to be very aware of, and mm. the fact that it's that it's not destructive, um, and that my flame is there to be patient and to be steady and to help. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than be destructive and hinder yeah I think as a as a translator yeah there um, is so much help that you're doing you yeah. know and I I speak to the children about like they the children are because I wear an Arwen necklace oh yeah and the children are always asking what that is and a lot of them go oh that's three people you're like oh right yeah um or they always pick it up and they look at it and they ask me what this means yeah and I say it means the flow of everything Mm. It's the flow of nature. It's the flow of creativity, and and the kids get that. Yeah, you know, they're the kids to get it. Yeah, if you're going to talk about it with, yeah, with kids, and I, I love that. Um, and they're so in tune with themselves and music and dance. Mm. They pick it up so easily. Obviously, yeah, the gracefulness you described earlier. Even if they're not practicing. Their traditions this part as a young person, it's yeah. always going to be there, and mm. no matter it's kind of like my connection with Celtic music, mm. no matter what religion I followed or where I went to church, as soon as I hear a Celtic song, it hits something in my heart like it hits something mm. you know, like like a genetic understanding that's just there that in my ancestors and yeah. it's calling to me, yeah. And I feel that within the young people, and I, I personally feel sadness that there are young yeah. people growing up in this community that it's like a naturalness, isn't it? That are losing that, and they they just say that they're they're following Catholicism. Yeah. And for most of the people, it definitely could have saved their lives. Mm. Um, you know, saved them from drinking, saved them from making sure that you know they they they're working as a as a family and that they're loving and caring. Mm. But there's always going to be that indigenous aspect yeah. in yourself um, that's always going to be calling you. Yeah. No matter what you do. Yeah. And I. Yeah, it's. I guess that's that that's my belief. Music. That's mm. weird. We were just listening to some some like folky music mm. yesterday, and it had the whistles in it. Mm. And um, since then I've just been like making them up in my head, mm. and and no other music kind of sits in my head like that. It's, I mean, I mean, you know, you get songs stuck in your mm. head, but usually I'll just be stuck on lyrics. Whereas this was like, and yeah, this speaking to that idea that there's a, a sort of familiarity in your spirit or something mm. to, to the traditions of your ancestors. I don't know. And then the way these kids they move, naturally, yeah. in the forms of the mm. dances, and things like that. Yeah. It's yeah. There's a certain part of us that 
if we don't understand what it is and where it comes from, there'll be this whole natural part of us that we don't know how to understand. I feel very lucky that I'm yeah. able to witness that sense of loss or change occurring mm. as it has, you know, thousands of years ago with the Druids or, you know, different colonies yeah. in South Africa mm. and um, what's happened, you know, 200 years ago yeah, in, I mean, in tribes in Australia. Yeah, we've lost our tradition and we know the sadness of not having that connection. And, and the sadness of losing an oral culture yeah. where nothing has been written down and yeah. we're trying having to... Having to scratch back little pieces to through yeah. Romans and what they've written and trying to see the truth in that and trying to find the truth within yourself. Yeah. Um, and I see that. I just I see a loss yeah. and I see a sadness from the loss that I feel of my culture mm -mm. occurring mm. in the present. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I guess that's... that's yeah, the experience of that. That's hard. But it is beautiful. Like it's beautiful to witness. Like the a change, and it, it's it's beautiful to be there. Yeah. And to to help with the process, like because obviously a lot of your work is in helping it stay alive yeah. and be revitalized and mm -hmm. definitely helping people do what they want to yeah. do. It's um, great. And I feel that my job is honest. Yeah. You know, my job is real. Yeah. Um, I see the results. Like I see. What was it that drove you to go out there? To listen. Like, I just want to listen. Mm. I want to see that connection with nature on a dreaming level. Mm -hmm. um, obviously not to fully um, understand it or take it or use it mm. for my own purposes. To just listen and yeah. witness and listen to stories. My favourite is just listening to yeah. going down to the aged care and just listening to the old ladies talk about their family and talk about their stories and their, the way they grew up in yeah. on country. And yeah, I'll always, I'll always have those stories and those stories help me create my path in what I do. Mm. And I'm, I, I, I was drawn to this community because my partner lives up there yeah. and works up there. And I felt it was a, it was a, a pathway or a, a door that I could not refuse. Yeah. That it was right in front of me of, all, mm. of, of what I've always wanted to do with my life. And Druidry was, was part of that drive then? Mm. Yeah. yeah, just to understand the land here. Yeah. It's a very noble goal. Mm. It's very cool. So I'm yeah mm. I'm excited to see where the journey takes you. We'll have to do another one in a couple of months. Sounds yeah. <laughs> if you're a, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it's cool. awesome. Thanks so much for sharing all the stories. No problem. It's yeah. been really yeah really interesting to hear about it mm. all and and hear how it has been part of your Druidry adventure too. Mm. Yeah, I hope you have a really great time the rest of next year too. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Awesome. Cool. I think we might leave it there. Awesome. So, yeah. Thanks, thanks everyone. <laughs>